Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John and Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's John Answer and the Dave. door. Knock, knock. Who is there? It's John Why are they and ringing Dave the doorbell? We've John got a doorbell Dave. for a reason. <laughs> John, you have two choices. Okay. The first is you eat better every day, but it's really difficult. Go on. That's choice one. Two, the second is you eat better every day, but it's really easy. <laughs> Man, that's tough. This is already taking too long. That you is tough. Okay. Sorry. Well, okay. I, I, I prefer the second one where yep. you eat better every day yep. and it's yeah, really that's right. easy. That's the right answer. Uh, in fact, I'd like for it to take the form of delicious ready-to-eat meals. Can oh, I add that to the scenario? Mac, you are going to love Factor. Are you ready for factor. pre-prepared, yes. chef-crafted, yes. and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door? John, let's tell them quickly what's not going to happen. Where are they not delivering? They're not going to leave it on the corner. Nope. Nope. Unless you live right on the corner. Yeah, then they're going to live it. They're not going to find a street child. We have those everywhere in 12 South. And street just give child. it to the street child as they disappear into a back alley somewhere. No, it's not going to happen. And listen, yeah. you said dietitian approved. Yeah. Dave, you know this is about me. I only eat food that's, that's dietitian approved. That's why I said approved. it, John. Not only that, but you'll also have over 35 meals to choose from. You come to me and, and you say every week, Dave, I'll take 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. And it, it is 35, John, meals to choose from. And that's per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, yes. vegan, and yes. veggie, and what we call that the VNV, mm-hmm. and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Dave, the only question that I'm left with is what am I waiting mm. for? Okay, I'll answer my own question. Okay. Nothing. Whoa. Right? Okay. I'm Just ready for factors two-minute meals. They're not three minutes. You don't have time for that. Two minutes. So I can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, again, Dave, straight to your door. Knock, knock, who's there? Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices. Let me tell you what they're not going to do, John. Hot I'm going to be warm-pressed. Not even warm. Oh, no. There was a huge fad in the 70s. Didn't work. <laughs> Smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, <laughs> veggie sides, and more to eat. To eat, to keep you energized. Eat, and they're going to keep you energized, John. During <laughs> frantic times. I'm frantic right now because you're just so, so pumped frantic. Up. I'm so pumped up. Dave, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. Ooh. You know I love upscale. upscale. You you're Uptown, upscale, girl. I was going to say. You're- yeah. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Gracious. Right? I do 18 for sure. Yeah. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your delivery Anytime. Anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use code dadville50 to get 50% off. No, that can't be right. No, it is. That's too good of a deal. Yeah. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off. That's half if my math is correct. (laughs) It is. Go get it, guys. Dadville. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Sean Johnson and Andrew East. Okay, folks, this is... Oh my gosh, we're rolling. We're rolling. Are okay. you nervous? I'm so. We're not prepared. <laughs> no, we're never prepared, John. That's what. That's that's the Dadville thing. 
Andrew. Is we just careen Andrew? into the future with no regard for preparation. <laughs> um, uh, so today, as you said, this is our second time having a couple on. Wow! But this yep. is the first time having a couple on. I would it's say as strong as you guys. It's <laughs> as athletically astute. Um, no, with with the uh, with with the other, I feel like that was like an enneagram thing. Yeah. So it was a focused. Mm. Yeah. This is we're really getting in there. We're, we're actually this is we're a couple speaking time. to a couple. That, yeah. The first one was well just said. it wasn't well we were focusing on them as a couple. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um so this is a big day. And so with us today. This is big. This is big. This is <laughs> has has Dadville been leading to this the whole time? Yeah. We're at the mountaintop right now. I feel like, oh Dave, you and I should enjoy it because it's just, it's just raining go. down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have Andrew East uh, and then Sean Johnston East. Yes. I feel like there was too many T's in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I, said, I, think there, I, like, I think there was one too many, but yeah, I, I'll, I, take I'll take it. I was meant to hit the East, but then it jumped earlier. Yeah. The, uh, it jumped yeah. um, so so we, we, we do kind of like the brag sheets. So we're going to give like the quick... The, the sort of quick uh, about you guys. Quick, so we, Dave and I talked about this before. Yeah. We need to like make this quick. Cause yeah, cause we could spend 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, this is ridiculous. Really right. 24 on Sean. About okay. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I said. That's, what is he doing? Uh, he does it all the time. Look at his face. We could just talk about that for a while. I know it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, Andrew, uh, former American football. I like that they said American, American football. Yeah. That's great. Because listen, we have a, our presence in Europe is pretty substantial. <laughs> Just to clarify, Um, American football long snapper, um, played college football at Vandy, also has had multiple stints with various NFL teams, most recently the Redskins, which is now the Commanders. Wow. Glad we fixed that. Uh, Dude, this is really amazing. Competed on season 13 and 14 of American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, it was the best 15 seconds of my life, man. Dude, I saw that. that I saw the thing where you were like... I don't know how you describe it. This is great podcasting, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm doing a motion that no one can see. You know what I mean? Where you were like jumping from like pull-up bar to pull-up bar or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. the um the, the no, ladder, not the salmon oh, ladder, oh, not, not the salmon ladder. Imagine a pull-up bar on wheels, and you go oh, down a oh, crank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not the crank. Not the crank. No, no it was I, like. <laughs> let's reschedule. Could I get you know what? Let's reschedule. I feel like I've just come down to something. <laughs> I feel like there was a stint where my kids were obsessed with American Ninja Warrior, and then and you watch it. I feel this way about all sports. You watch it, and there's a part of me, like my dumb guy brain, that's like. I mean, I probably wouldn't be like as fast as that guy, but I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. And then we go, anytime we go to um, one of those trampoline places yeah. and you go to the back and they have some of those things, mm. and oh, you, gosh. you start to do one of them and it's awful. It's, I can't do any of it. So did, do you, you, did you train for it? Uh, they gave me my first time like seven weeks heads up. Oh, wow. And I was like, John, where I felt pretty confident. I was like, yeah, I mean... I'm going to crush this. You, you know? just jump from one pull-up bar <laughs> yeah. to the next. I, and it's on wheels. <laughs> exactly. You're suspended from the air. Well, you don't know what you're getting into is a huge caveat that I realized. Oh, so you, you don't can know train, the, but until you show you. up on the yeah. starting line, you don't know what your obstacles are. You, okay, okay. Uh, there's like categories, so it's like a balance. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like a hanging thing. Um, Which is kind of like parenting. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Let's pray real quick. You know, that's a, that's a, uh, but my kind of MO in life is coming in way overconfident. 
yeah. and then underperforming. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes. You know, my dad says that the Barnes family motto is, we may not know what we're doing, but we're sure about it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's so good. Anyway, yeah. And wait, he's on season 15. Uh, I just did, I think it might Was be the last 16? season of American Ninja. Oh, you did? Oh, really? But one one good test for those listening including you two uh just go try to do monkey bars i don't know when the last time you did yeah, monkey dude. bars was. Nope. Yep. nope nope i, I mean I, when i was thinking how good i am at monkey bars i was thinking about my eight-year-old self but then you go and you're like oh, oh this <laughs> is not how and I, you know what's like, humbling sure, it's been a few I'm years like a but bag i mean of potatoes man but what's yeah. what's like so this. humbling too is when my kids when my boys this is probably like three years ago so you know like eight or nine my oldest was eight or nine and we were watching just copious this was like COVID like copious amounts of American Ninja Warrior and so we would go to playgrounds of course the boys were like and so I mean this there's nothing more parenting and especially dadding to me than this moment the boys look at me and they're trying to do the monkey bars and they can't and so of course they go well dad and I'm like <laughs> move over and we went down to Centennial Mm-hmm. And I remember, <laughs> I remember getting up and doing the first two, and I thought I've torn both <laughs> 100%. of my. What do you call them? Like you know your show. Uh, and I remember the boys staring at me, like they're both. <laughs> this is the moment. They're like, "Go, Dad!" And I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, 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 and like tears are starting to well. And I remember dropping down, and at that moment, the disappointment, <laughs> and them realizing like. This is our dad. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. this is the one guy that we're stuck with. And the dropping down is the worst part because oh. your ankles are on fire. On fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, on fire. Which I don't remember that as a kid. I mean that. Yeah. So so, but you did it again. You've done a third one. I just did it again. Yeah. Wow. Where do they film that? It's been all over Seattle, San Antonio, and then L.A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, That's but huge. but wait, if you turn it on, don't blink. Otherwise, you might miss my run. I mean, it all goes so quickly. <laughs> you it's didn't like, go down in the first little jumpy guys, did oh. you? No, not the first. Like the little water, the what little alternate. You know how they always start with the boom, boom, boom. No, boom. you got I past t- that this time. Yeah, you're watching some throwback <laughs> seasons. They, oh, it's, they've it's... upgraded the first obstacle because <gasps> everyone just crushed that one. Oh, do they do oh, now? They do God. the pegs. This season was brutal, and then they just change it again. So yeah. You got to okay. be ready. You got to so, stay okay. ready. Let's move on. <laughs> stay ready. Okay. <laughs> Moving move on. on. <clears throat> we, we'll, we'll, we'll grieve that with you. Again, okay. we're going to go quickly through yeah, this yeah. fraction. <laughs> yeah. This is why John and I lectured each other. We were like, this is going to be. Okay. So, uh, Sean Johnson, it doesn't have a T if you're running East. Uh, American former art, artistic gymnast. Yes. Is that a thing? It is. So, there's actually like six different gymnastics disciplines. No, right? Way. Yeah. No, but tell Dave. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Tell Dave to look at me when you tell. Him. Yeah. There is artistic, which is kind of the gymnastics that everybody knows. So, mm-hmm. where you're tumbling and flipping, okay. and okay. you have the floor and bars, whatever. Then there's rhythmic gymnastics, which is like super flexible ballerinas who have ribbons. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They have like they have the ball balls, sometimes. Clubs. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, throw. Yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like stunting. I don't know acrobatic gymnastics. Where it's like, I think like cheerleading almost. Yes. But it's just like the stunting, the throwing, okay. whatever. Okay. There's TNT, which is trampoline and tumbling. Oh, wow. It's so like a big tumble strip and a trampoline. Yep. I, I think that's but, it. But the traditional, the traditional ones that everybody would know. Would it's be called artistic, artistic okay. gymnastics. Didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, 2008 Olympic balance Good beam prep, guys. gold medalist <laughs> team all around <laughs> and four exercise silver medalists. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Johnson is also the 2007 all-time world champion and a five-time Pan American Games gold medalist winning the team titles in 2007 and 11, as well as titles in the all-around, uneven bars, and balance beam. 
She was the recipient of the okay, l- okay. Longines, Longines. Yeah, how do you say uh, that? Longines. 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 It's French. Again, that's what I said. It is French. Longines Prize okay. for Elegance in an SP Award for Best U.S. Female Olympian okay. in 2009. Oh, we're out of that. No, we're moving to a difference. 2009 winner of Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Season eight. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and in November 2012, earned second place All-Star Edition. Also, this is just a fun fact, and we call this an asterisk. Okay. First person with a gold medal to be on Devil. Do we need to fact check that? We do. Right now. So it's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also together, host Couple Things Podcast, which is so great. And do y'all, is is the um, Family Made Media, is that y'all's thing or is that a partnership with other? That's our thing. So It's so good, guys. Thank like, you. It's, Thank you. It's, I've been following it for a while and didn't even know that was y'all's thing. I just love the content so much. And then I started thinking like, oh, they're on here a lot. <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> yeah. But I showed John and we were laughing at the... Um, <laughs> I put it, I, whatever you call it, put it in my stories on Instagram. But the clip y'all do of talking to your son, putting him to bed. And you know, you're like, okay, bed, night, night. And then oh, after, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The guy in the chair, <laughs> yeah. I was, so that killed me. And I mean, you, like, yeah. for those listening who have seen that video and think that, <laughs> like, it's not exaggerated. No. I mean, it's pretty much spot on. No. It is, yeah. And then also, I love the, the one, are you mad at me? <laughs> <Try>. <laughs> yeah. But it's so good. I, I mean, yeah. just, to, just to encourage y'all, I feel like, John and I were talking about as, as we were thinking about having y'all on I think I just love how helpful it is and it's so vulnerable and it's like such a real I just feel like y'all are doing such a good job curating content and that's encouraging but also just it's honest and it's not like there's just so much stuff and God bless all of it because it is helpful but you know that's polished and now here's you know what do you do when your child does this and this but and that's great and God bless all of it and, and it is helpful but I just so appreciate that y'all are able to also be like this is hard like, it's just really hard. Like, it is. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. Parenting is hard for you? Not for me. I, just, <laughs> I, speak, I speak plurally because. Um... <laughs> okay, so we're done with the brag sheet in just shy of 45 minutes. So I'm proud of both of we're us. We're doing great. Uh, so, the, this first section, you'll have to forgive us. This, I have it labeled annoying sports questions. It's just, you Love guys. Love it. You know that this is going to happen. We just got to get through it. We're, we're here to talk about parenting. This is Dadville. We're going to get there. But yeah. first, we, we have some questions. Okay. We got to ask you. Can okay, I? Go this, do you mind if I pause and just interject here? Dave, this is our first time meeting. Yeah. Yeah. John McLaughlin has been a household name for me since I was like. Ben? We've Dude, talked about this. Babe, you cannot go on shows. I, I'm and just saying, no, it's, please an, do it's any, an honor. <laughs> so Dave, that can is, you turn his mic it's up. An, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> it really is. Really I, I grew it. up in Indianapolis, not far from oh, where John grew that, up. Your name and so it was always like, John McLaughlin oh, is out here crushing. So. That is so kind. And then he also has a sense of humor, too. So who knew? And look at that face. Yeah. It could. But now we'll never be invited back. We were yeah. supposed to get coffees. No, actually, if you praise us, you come back infinitely. It makes the interview go longer. <laughs> the longer you praise us. Uh, that's very nice. That's very kind. So you guys are professional athletes, obviously. Um, and you have known, I assume, many other professional athletes, right? And you've known many other non-professional athletes or normies as we call yeah, us normals yeah. normals mm-hmm. normies is there any common personality trait that you see with the professionals <laughs> and with the normies well, or just with the professionals like is there some common like obsessive gene or or what's the common thread that you see 
Wait, between non-athletes and athletes. Mm-hmm. That's a kinder way to put it, but sure. Okay. <laughs> Normies and pros. Oh, you're saying... I, ch- I think... Hmm. Let uh, me ask it in a more confusing way. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, is there a, a common thread, thread with, amongst, the, with the way that the they function, yes. headspace, gotcha. mindsets, etc.? I would say with professional athletes, there is a common thread of like obsessiveness, like you really? said. With every like there has there's always one aspect of their life where it's like this is where you've moved it to yeah or like post professional yeah. career yes yeah yeah and that it, was actually going to be one of my questions like post where do you feel like you guys have focused all well, that hold on, hold on hold on hold on that's great but you just make a great i just i don't want to skip over this do you think that is native so when you guys were Five and six, and obviously for you because you're starting around yeah, them, honestly. Yeah, three, but you know, right? You started at three, mm-hmm. jeez, but not in any context of like training, right? But, but, a, yeah. but, a, I did like a mommy and me class at three years old, that okay. was it. But I mean, for both of y'all, like, did is there was there something even that young that your parents would say, like, man, they, they so with the other siblings, they love these things, but man, with with these. You know, with each of y'all, they were like, there is this crazy focus and or determination or like you said, sort of, you know, was that then too? Or do you think that was developed? I think it was developed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I loved gymnastics and I was lucky to have parents who helped like foster that hmm. in a very like natural way to myself. Um, but I did so many other sports and. Oh, wow. Okay. I was just very driven in gymnastics. Huh. But. I don't think like at three years old people were like, "Wow." Yeah. Okay. Or no, you had some like just pit bull determination even at that age. Yeah, like I, I wasn't winning competitions when I started them, and gotcha. Okay. I just loved it you so just much. Loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And were you playing? Like, what were what were your first sports? So, my family, my dad played college football at Purdue. Oh wow! Yeah, and then he started doing Ironman triathlons. Jeez Ooh. Louise! Yeah, he yeah. So there's me who can't do three monkey bars and your dad is like... <laughs> His dad was the most impressive human being. Yeah. He'd be like, we're going to go do an Iron Man today. That was our kind of rite of, uh, rite of passage as boys. We would wake up anytime during our 13th year. 13? Yeah, we were 13 and he'd say, we're running a half marathon today. <laughs> and you'd be like, all right, we're doing it. And you so, would go out and do it. Yeah. A lot of wow. like we did. I did the mine was a mini marathon. So uh-huh. I don't know if you ever did that. But um, so my oldest brother was a professional cyclist. He he kind of followed in the Ironman Jeez. Uh, footsteps. My second oldest brother played college football at Wheaton College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was a really good, really good athlete. I was always kind of like the no, um, you weren't the third brother. I was never the standout in my no, family. So that's not true. Um, but I think the common thread is one. There are different, there's like a range of athletes in the NFL locker room. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. the same with well, gymnastics yeah, yeah. where you have professionals and then you have people that are in the pros. And I feel like wow. I, I was one of those guys that was in the pros and I was not a professional, you know, with the habits, with my mindset, with how I approached it. Wow. Tom Brady is a professional. Wow. Everything he does is centered around being the best quarterback he can be. And that's like, you know, we've interviewed CrossFitters and like, they'll, they'll not 
assemble anything or pick anything up outside of weights because they don't want to hurt them. And that's like being a professional. Yeah, wow, that's well said. I was just a guy who was, you know. But I also think it takes a, a different mindset to get there. You you couldn't have just been Joe Schmo. Yeah, you found yourself in the NFL. the NFL. Yeah, you were you were very determined. John, Dave, yes, we're both right. What is yep. the thing that I am the most known for? Like that people know me the most for? What is that? If you, uh, that's a good question. Okay. I mean, we've been friends for a long time. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty obvious by now. You're yeah. You're kind of a premium meats guy, you know? <laughs> you got to have premium meat, and mm-hmm. it's better. It better be at a reasonable price, you know, no, if not I, I a get, great price. Yes, listen. and you're, I me, would say that's my answer. Okay. No, People I'm going to take that. that. You're right. Yeah. I, I'm going to affirm that. And as I've searched far and wide for the best deal on premium meat, I've arrived at one place, John. I'm going to let you guess where that place is. I, I know exactly where it is. Say it. Butcher Box. That's it. I'll say it's it again. Okay. Butcher Box. <laughs> And I'll say it a third time for no reason. Butcher box. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen. Last night I was making grilled paprika drumsticks from Butcher Box stuff, mm-hmm. as they marinated in mm-hmm. a tangy sherry vinegar. And I, I know, I'm getting hungry. And paprika mixture next to some fresh asparagus. It may be asparagus if it's more than one fresh asparagus on the side. That's right. And I looked around in my backyard, smelled that sweet yet smoky chicken rising from just above the bright flames of my grill. I thought. Is Butcher Box the greatest thing that's ever happened to me? I had that thought. It's a real thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't doubt that it is. You know, after okay. all, Butcher Box is 100% grass fed beef, mm-hmm. free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Yeah. Right? Those drumsticks yeah. can change your life. Dave. I once said that about Dave Grohl and Nirvana, too. And it's <laughs> delivered free right to your doorstep. And box plans are customizable in both size and frequency. Yeah. And also, let me add to that, a variety okay. of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. You won't be able... I mean, you'll be shocked at the value. Yeah. You'll you know? be but potentially offended. It, potentially <laughs> offended. You might be offended. That's why. That's the only reason why someone's not subscribing yet. They're offended. They got to get over it. Plus, exclusive member deals, recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. Now, Dave, it's time to tell them about our special deal. I was going to anyway, but since you said that. But I wanted to tell you. Yeah, no, you you love bossing me around. ButcherBox is giving us a special deal. Okay, everybody lean in. Lean in right now. I'm leaning in. Sign up today using code DADVILLE to receive ground beef for life. We call it the GBL, plus $20 off your first order. Folks, you think you didn't hear that right, but you did. That's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for the lifetime of your membership, plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash dadville and use the code dadville. That's right. Get your meat box on. Hey, Dave. Yeah, John. Can I tell you something that I just have to get off my chest? Uh, feels like here's maybe an interesting. I'm just place. gonna say it. <laughs> Knockaround is the original affordable sunglass company offering quality shades that won't break the bank. Oh that could have gone. That could have so gone a say. lot of ways, John. It could have gone a lot of ways. I'm glad it went that way. Okay, and, and let me affirm you. You are right. Knockaround sunglasses are available in 17 different frame styles. That's amazing. 17, John. A That's ton two more than different. 15. Yeah, they stopped counting with the different color combinations because I'm just going to say a ton. Just a ton yeah. of different color yeah. combinations. And are offered with both standard UV 400 protection and polarized lenses. 
Well, Dave, don't forget, Knockaround also has kid-sized sunnies for the little ones. Oh, kids, they mean. Yeah. And they are always releasing new sunglasses, so check out knockaround.com for the latest releases. I'm just going to add one quick thing. If you have a small okay. face like my sweet wife does, and he has uh-huh. a child-sized face, that also works for and those, okay? And wonder. <laughs> it does. Don't get me started on our hands. John, I'm on knockaround.com, <laughs> and I found their limited editions. Limited you laughing got me. When I saw you laugh in the corner, I was like, I'm not going to get it through this. Okay, Jason, I, I love you. I'm sorry you had to edit. Here we go. John, I'm right now, right now, I'm on knockaround.com and mm-hmm. I found their limited edition special releases. And these things the are amazing. amazing. Each release yep. is 100% unique, perfect for anyone who thinks of their sunglasses not as a necessity, but as a conversation starter. That's right. Yep. Well, listen, okay. here's the start of a conversation. Okay, Speaking sure. of conversation starters, Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do which it. limited edition pair are you going to buy and why? Oh, man. Okay. We're going deep here. Uh, I thought about the rainbow trout because fish fear me. Would. They all fear me. They see me. They swim away. <laughs> and the headbangers are pretty cool, too. But since I was the king of every high school dance and wedding reception I've ever attended, and I went to a lot that I wasn't even invited to, John. It was, a, it was just a uh, moth sure, to flame, okay? Sure. I'm going the with the electric slide fast lanes. <laughs> That's right, the electric slide they, fast lanes. Hey, I knew you would land there. Okay. Put okay. me down for a pair. Okay, okay, okay. But only if you can give me a special Dadville discount. Hey, listen, Johnny Boo Boo, I got you covered, okay? You can use promo code DADVILLE15 every day for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. And for extra savings, because some of y'all care about that, okay? Yeah. Check out Knockaround's big annual Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale where you can get off 30% of your order. That's 30% insane. off your order on knockaround.com from November 23rd through November 28th. That's DADVILLE15 anytime and 30% off from November 23rd through November 28th at knockaround.com. John. Yeah, why'd you hesitate? John, no, I'm right here. John. No, I see you. Oh, God, sorry. Just uh, because I'm not looking at you doesn't mean I don't see you. Oh, that's true. And that means emotionally, too. Let right. me ask you something. Do you have okay. any questionable eating habits? Or questionable. Either one of those. You can Questionable answer. or questionable? Questionable or questionable. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I would say. How about you? Well, after the kids go to bed, I get the late night munchies, right? Sure. And I always want to go for a bowl of that chocolate flavored cereal that turns the milk into, into chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yep. And it's like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But man, are those things loaded with sugar and carbs. Yeah. I need yep. to be smarter, John. Maybe yep. you find a cereal with high quality ingredients that's more balanced. Let me cut you off right there. One, because you're done with your sentence. And two, because I need to tell you about Thrive Market. I just downed a bowl of cereal of Catalina Crunch Dark Chocolate Cereal. Let me say it again. You know what? No, I won't. I'm going to keep going. It's the perfect swap for your Dracula or like bird-themed sugary chocolate cereal that you eat. We all know those. We know those. Yeah. Thrive Market is full of great products like that. And it's also, it lets you filter results based on your lifestyle needs, Dave. What? Yeah. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, you know, low sugar foods or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market, it makes it happen. Okay, John, look, that sounds awesome. Yep. It sounds a little expensive. Dave, it sounds expensive. Okay. But as a Thrive Market member, what? I save money no. on every single grocery order. An average of 30% Jeez, each time, Dave. I'll say that again. Okay. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay, They gosh. also have a deals page that changes daily. In oh. fact, today... 
I saved over 40%. Don't say save That's almost catch 45%. Don't on say save catch wild save pink, catch wild you pink salmon. That. You know what? I'll say it again. No, I'm not going to say it again. And Sprague, am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't even know. I'm just so excited, John. Organic lentils and vegetable soup. Oh. I saved 40%, Dave. It could be Sprague or Spragua. And that's for the people who know, okay? It says here that when I joined Thrive Market, yep. I'm also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. That's I right. join, they give, John. You join, they give. You know what? Join in on the savings at Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free, you're not going to believe this, no. but I'm going to say it, what? free $60 gift. No, that's Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. I'm going to tell me again, John. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrive Market.com slash Dadville. But inside, it, it makes sense what you're saying, though, but, but inside of that, there's a different. Like, I love that you said that once you're in the locker room. So you're there. Yeah. Everybody in there is obviously mm-hmm. really good at what they do. But yeah. even in that, you can tell the guys. That's such a great way to put that. Like, everything they're doing, everything from food to sleep to, everything. like you said, lifting to whatever that is, is yeah. solely focused on that thing. Yeah, that's a great qualifier. That's like very clarifying my brain because I think even in music, there's sort of the same version. It's well, like, I was actually going to say, I feel living in this town, being a musician, mm. I feel similar to what you're describing. How you felt in the locker room. I'm like, I'm I I so often feel like I'm just happy to be to be here to be like in, in any kind of conversation. I have friends who are objectively exponentially more successful than me Mm. and sometimes i feel like i feel like i can enjoy it more because i don't have the obsessiveness yeah and i feel like i'm just happy i've already won i'm like there was a part of you you know this person that i'm thinking of like you were like no i'm definitely gonna be there and then i'm gonna crush it i'm gonna keep going and i'm like I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Were you? Do you feel like you were able to enjoy it more because of your this mindset that you're describing? I was a I was a train wreck because I went from college football, which I enjoyed so much, to yeah. NFL, where I was like, "Wow, there's it's like a vacuum of of joy here." It felt wow, like, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Whereas like the comrade, like my yeah. my yeah. joy kind of showed itself through hanging with the cutting it up in the locker for sure and, and for sure. just it's it just different dynamic in the pros so then that really shook my whole perspective of football and then by the end of it i was like man i'm just happy to be here and i think i've thought about this my lack of a, i probably could have been better at football but i didn't have that obsessiveness nor did i really want it and um, i'm glad wow. i'm wow. glad for like the uh more well-rounded lifestyle i was able to lead because i you know there's a cost to everything so yeah, right, well, the so cost of being a 15 year NFL vet mm. comes at not being around your family's much, yeah, traveling right, more, right, all right, having this obsessiveness, right. but not having and, knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, it, it does. I mean, when you hear people say this, it does make sense to me, but that killer gene, it's like that, which is just that obsession. It's she like that it. thing to, I had it. <laughs> to edit. You still so have can, it. Can I tell you something? You I have thought, to have it, right? Well, 
me, yeah. I do, I mean, like, I, it means a lot that you Everything said that. Everything they're saying, I'm like, this is Dave Barnes. <laughs> can I tell you all something that I thought was so interesting? And I wonder if this, if y'all can relate to this. I, this moved me so deeply. So I love, I love soccer. I'm going to make this quick. I love soccer. I was listening to a podcast with these guys. It's a really great podcast. These all these guys who are kind of English merely legends, and they host it together. It's really fun because they have such great perspectives on things. They had Thierry Henry, who's probably he played at Arsenal, which is the club I love, but one of the most successful soccer players of all time. But he's very emotionally articulate. Like, he's done a lot of work, and he talks about this. But he said something that moved me so much. Because he's like, you know, when I was at Arsenal, I was this killer. He's like, every game I went out, it was that Michael Jordan. That thing. He's like, and that was his idol. He's like, it was no mercy. I was there to kill. I wasn't there to make friends. I wanted everybody to be beat by us, right? But he, he went away to Barcelona. Arsenal has him come back on a loan spell. And he's, he's at the end of his career. And he said this, and I thought it was so profound. He said... When I came back to Arsenal, I was just in a different place mentally. Like I knew the best days were behind me. So he scored this game and this and the crowd went crazy because you got this legend who came back. He scores in this game to win the game. And they said because they asked him what his favorite goal was. And he's like, that goal. And he has legendary goals. Goals that like every striker in the world will tell you that's the top three goals of all time. His favorite though is when he came back and won this not really important game against this worst side. Mm. And he says it was because I wasn't that guy anymore i was a fan and so when i and he said he stayed in the locker room until 145 that morning just sitting there Mm -hmm. and he's like because it's kind of second half of life stuff Mm -hmm. he was like i just i could appreciate it like i wasn't out there just trying to kill and go i was Mm -hmm. like this is a gift i get to do this like i want to be in the moment i Mm -hmm. thought what an articulate thing that he was like he said that literally the janitor came to was like hey man like we got to go to bed. And he said he finally got up, but he said, I just wanted to sit there and enjoy it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's such an interesting shift to your point, kind of like between that and what you mm-hmm. said, like, I'm not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But when he said that, I was like, isn't it interesting that even in his career, he had a moment where it was like, okay, I just don't want to be like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy it. And to your point, like sit and talk with the guys and like, yeah. God, we're doing this together. And I think that is something that always sort of grieves me with that mentality is I do think you may win and you may have a lot of success, but I just don't know how much you enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Sometimes I wonder. I, I did not have the killer gene like Sean. Sean is just like a like a stone-cold killer, and it's awesome, and it still kind of shows itself sometimes, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, you see it flip. You're like, oh, Like, it just slips. I just finished this book called uh, Be Your Future Self Now, which is all about um, almost having that perspective of mm-hmm. if I was 80 years old, looking back on today, mm-hmm. um, what would my approach be? It almost brought me to tears thinking about, we have a four year old and a two year old Mm. and you know, you get caught up in, they just broke a glass or the little, our little boy swats everything off the table. And Mm. it's, it's like, what, what would my 80 year old self respond to this? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not Mm. with this intense anger. Like you for sure need to discipline and make boundaries, but it's, it's more of that gratitude of like, Hey, we'll never get this day back. Yeah. And it it feels like it's maybe what Henri was experiencing a little bit of like, I'll never get this back, you know? Yeah. So it's going to go away at some point. Yeah. Whatever that thing is. And if you can't, and I I would imagine as, as it being as young as you were, Mm because gymnastics, such a young sport, that's, I mean, that's, is that impossible? Cause you know, when you're 14, it's how much self-awareness can you really have? You know, not, not really any. Um, but I agree with everything you were saying about his story. Mm. I felt nothing 
Mm. at the Olympics. Really? Oh my gosh. Nothing. I didn't even register that I was at the Olympics. I was mm. I was so capable and like good at shutting the world out. Wow. And just doing my job. And then the second time around, I tried to make a comeback in 2012. Ended up going to the Olympics to work instead of compete mm. because I retired and that's where I met his older brother who mm. set us up on a blind date. Oh, I love that. Um <clears throat> but it was the second time around similar to what he was saying my best days were over wow and there was this point in time where i was like i either have to go back to this place where i sacrifice wow everything that i am and like sacrifice my body my mind and i was just like i'm done wow. i don't want to do it how how old were you then when you had 19. that revelation? that's at 19 to yeah. have that revelation I just knew, I knew what it was going to take. And at 16, I had such an undying passion that to me, I would have given anything. Wow. At 19, I didn't care as much anymore. And it probably took five years afterwards to become human to again. Ca- to come down. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, even five years into dating, it took a very long time to just become, yeah. to, to be able to like process emotion and be a normal human being. I mean, could you feel that when what, you were dating? Uh, yeah, and it, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I would say it maybe even took longer. Uh, no, like, thanks. Well, no, <laughs> we're still working. I went, I working went through it too. We all are. We all are. This yeah. is this. The thing about athletics is the longer you do them, yeah. the harder it is to transition out. Wow. Whenever that well time said. comes, really like you well have said. to you have to refurnish your entire life of habits mm-hmm. and mm. your nutrition plan, your friends, your yeah. you know, your approach is not. Hey, what does my coach say my schedule is today? Yeah. And I'm yeah. waking up at yeah. seven. And yeah. then, you know, for football, we had our day planned out in five minute increments. Mm-hmm. And I knew what I was going to, I knew what my fall Jeez. was going to look like to the, from August yeah. all the way through December. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> when I got cut the first time, it was like, okay, so no one's telling me what to do. Uh, wow. It, I know I don't have to work out. It's just like a whole different experience. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did feel that with Sean where she, your thing was you're still training athletically like you were competing mm-hmm. but i didn't know how to be normal yeah mm. and and then there was all this yeah complexity i can't imagine this the the this really would be to me so hard is the self-value mm. that you've done something both of you that you've done something that gave you so much identity you know it's how people looked at you it's how you got value from people and worth in a lot of ways and it's probably brought up in every conversation that you have kind of like our brag sheet today um it was so short um (laughs) but i mean i can't imagine shedding that or trying to sort of get on the other side of something that has gotten you where you are i mean it's literally one of the biggest reasons you've gotten whatever you've gotten be it the the success the notoriety the money whatever you know, and then all of a sudden, it's, that's what I think it's the most fascinating thing about professional athletes to me is that you are something on Friday and on Monday after you retire, you are not that anymore at all. It's not like, you know, and you're going, well, every now and then I'll go tumble. It's like, mm-hmm. what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll just show up and let it shine and <laughs> knock out some uneven parts. Or like, you know, you're just right. out in the field just chucking logs. You know, like, it's just, it's kind of done, you know? Yeah. And so it's such a, it, athleticism is such a fascinating, especially professionally, it's so fascinating because it's it's just, there's no denouement. It's not like a nice little, you kind of transition out. It's like, you know, they high five you and then the next person comes in. You it, know? it makes it even harder because it's put on such a pedestal in our culture mm. to get to that level. That once you reach that level where you're in the NFL or at the at the Olympics, 
the entire world is sharing that moment with you. Mm -hmm. And so in an instant, your entire identity to the world becomes that one moment. Gosh. And they could care less about anything else going on because all we wanted to see with Michael Jordan was him make the shot or win the game. And it's like, when people realize you're a human being afterwards, they don't care. They're like, but remember when you did this? Mm. And it becomes really hard personally to find your own identity oh, because you're imagine. like my parents my family they they live in this moment because they're so proud right and it, it's hard to like rewrite your script and be like but yeah. what else am i yeah. that's going to make the world so proud yeah, yeah. and you have to and learn with both yeah. i mean with the nfl but especially gymnastics probably more so than any other sport maybe you're you're i mean at 19 you're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are no like you know, twenty nine year old gymnasts at the Olympics. Man, maybe. I would love to see that There's, so much. There is one. She's an anomaly. Really? Oh, wow. She's in her forties. No, the German. She's yeah. German. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really. Made of some I don't know how. Things. She is a fanatic. Cyborg. She's a okay rabbit hole. She competes for Czechoslovakia, mm. I think. I don't know. Um, but she has a son who went through leukemia. And so she continues doing gymnastics because it pays all of his oh medical my bills. Gosh. Oh my god! And she wins every time. Holy really? cow! Every time. Yeah, it's wild. What a story! She's been in six Olympics. Good night. No as a gymnast, she's a she does vaults. That's it. Well, that's like the. I mean, of course. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> before you said it, I was like, I bet she does vaults. I bet it's vaults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the thing I was gonna say. I think the thing that's so interesting, exactly what you said, Sean. It's like I think it's humans. We so badly want the divine. We want to experience the divine, right? And so what happens when you get out there and do what you do, it's, it is, it's so close to it because we watch it and we go like, that's unhumanly that somebody can do what she's doing, right? And so we get a little taste of something that's bigger than us. And so it's, that's amazingly magnetic. What's not magnetic is realizing, oh, she's just like me. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of uninteresting because I know me and I'm not interested in me. I want Michael Jordan. I want LeBron. I want these uber athletes who can get me out of me and get me close to what I want God to make me feel like, but I don't know it's God that I'm looking for. I just know that that moment made me feel like this divine thing. And so I can't imagine when you come back down and you're like, hey, I'm like you. People are like, okay, so that's great. That's not really what we're looking for. Could you do something that makes me feel like that again? And you're like, yeah. I can't. And they're like, Oh. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it's kind of ironic because it should be more uh, empowering to to say, "Oh wow, that person is like me, and I can do something yeah. cool like yeah. that," as opposed to yeah. trying to impose that yeah. or, or just freeze that moment. Well, I think it's um, helpful. Like what you're describing, Dave, is magnetic and attractive for sure, but it's not helpful. No, no, it's not. not it's no. not helpful to my life. Yeah, you know, but. The vulnerability that Dave was talking about that you guys do so well at, at displaying through your channels, that's actually helpful, yeah, I think, yeah. to people's yeah. lives. Well, and that's honestly why we started doing what we're doing mm. is I got so tired at the elite level seeing NBC do these like background fluff pieces, but they would mm-hmm. paint every picture as so extreme. Like only this person, yeah, no matter how they shot it, they would spin it in a way that she's unlike anyone. And it was like, but I'm not. I'm eating macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. But it's not just macaroni. And I'm going and exactly. And but I'm going to public school. Hot dog. We've and, never seen it. 
we got to this point where we're like, <laughs> let's just show that we're humans. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nothing different. Yeah. Well, you know what it does? It's so beautiful. It, this is what happens is when you are vulnerable, especially as someone who is respected and, and it, you know, your words, such lead athlete, it creates this vacuum, right? So all of a sudden when you go, no, I'm not up here. I'm way down here. There's this vacuum. And God, that is the God-sized hole. And so what people have to suddenly do is go, well, what goes in there? And you're like, well, it's funny. Here's the Roman road, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Here's a yeah. track, but but that's what's beautiful about it is is when we make ourselves lower, especially with people that people think are perfect. They go, well, if you're not, how do we reconcile this? Well, well, I'm small because I am fa- I'm mm-hmm. falling. I'm simple, whatever. But then you know what does actually make will make you feel like you want me to make you feel? It's God, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's this beautiful way to, you know. That's that's way more that's way more true than that feeling of divinity, yeah. like mm-hmm. that that route but it's also way less fun for people so much less okay so much less but Mm -hmm. i there's so many dynamics at play i was just thinking about your new album dave congrats by the way but it's like there's um as an athlete transitioning out and maybe as musicians you guys feel this like two simultaneous dynamics where you're having to reinvent yourself Mm -hmm. but then there's also this inertia where other people are having to reinvent their or, or like reshape their perspective yeah, of you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one moves quicker than the other. So then there's always kind of like this disjointed, like people still see Sean as a gymnast and mm-hmm. it's, and it's just, a, it causes a little friction, but yeah. it is like <clears throat> the personal transition out of that. We did a, we did a live podcast tour and this is my closest experience to have yeah, 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 what, what yeah, you yeah. guys do yeah, yeah. professionally. And, um, I'll never forget that. Honestly, it was kind of a terrifying feeling of euphoria of like, mm. of like you look at, you're on the stage and you look out and you're like, are you not entertained? <laughs> but, but you're like, it's like a feeling of power. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably, it's probably a more intense feeling um, than what you experience as an athlete on a regular basis. Still similar, I think, but more focused. And it's, uh, it's really hard to keep that in check. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I think, a lot of people have different answers to that. I think yeah, that's yeah. Johnny Cash and the, his walk the line movie where it's euphoria, euphoria. Well, if I'm not on stage, I'm going to get drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, or mm-hmm. that's a tale as old as time, but yeah. athletes, it's, I don't know. It well, usually ends up in depression. I feel like yeah. the same, the same exact context We're going down rabbit hole again. But I, when I did this interview with, I am second mm-hmm. <clears throat> a few years after I retired and people were like, split it was a controversial interview because i basically said i stood on top of a podium and won an olympic gold medal Mm. at what people would say the highest peak of my career Mm. and i literally had the thought on the podium like is this it yeah Mm -hmm. is this what i've worked for my whole life Mm -hmm. that people like teach you will fulfill your Mm. whole being and i was like wow uh, i'm in trouble yeah (laughs) yeah because it's like now what and it, it's if you just keep chasing the yeah. next thing, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll never find it, yeah, ever, yeah. Isn't it funny too that Solomon sort of shot called that, you know, however many years ago? He's like, "Hey, trust me, all of you who think you've got a bunch of stuff, I've got more. If you think you've tried everything, I've tried more, and it's not what you want it to be." Yeah. We're like, "Yeah, but now in 2023, it's a little different, Solomon. So <laughs> yeah. I think I've got a handle on this uh-huh. thing, you know." Do you feel like that was a? Uh, hmm. Because uh, this happened at, you were on that podium at 16? Mm-hmm. 16 years old. I mean, as 
cruel as that moment maybe must have been for you, I would imagine it would be kind of a gift for the rest of your it was amazing. going forward to really? be like, okay, there's no there's no more extreme example of like a singular focused goal mm-hmm. and then getting it. And there's no like it's objective. It's like, no, you won. It's here's your gold medal. You've done it. Mm-hmm. It's done. In sport, there is no it, this is the highest mm-hmm. achievement you can have. And then to feel what you felt in real time on the podium. That's, have you talked to any other athletes, like gold medalists, who have felt that exact same thing? Is it a pretty common feeling, you think? I haven't had that specific conversation with anyone, but I think you see trends of mm-hmm. extreme level athletes going into depression, having yeah. this hard life afterwards of like, what now? Yeah. yeah. And I think the coolest thing that I learned at that time that I got to take with me forever was I stood as high as the world could see mm-hmm. and I was like praised. And then I stood on the second place podium and think I gave a better performance than the actual gold medal one. Mm. But the world was like, how does it feel to lose? Mm, right. And it gave me this perspective of like, it actually doesn't matter what anybody's opinion is. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, objectively speaking, at those Olympic Games, my silver medal performance was better than the gold. Mm. But the world's like opinions of it were so off. Yeah. Wow. I was just like, I don't really care anymore. God, that's a yeah. great word. I'm yeah. going to just try to do my best. Yeah. Yeah. And your objective opinion doesn't matter. Okay, John, let's, let's, let's try it one more time for me, okay? okay? Can you name one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018? Think of oh, this. Oh, 2018. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do very well at this last time, but I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. get it now. Okay. I'm guessing one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018 was the White Album by the Beatles. It feels right to say I okay, know that. Um, I'm right. Okay. See, I think that album was released like just, just barely before 2018. So let's just go one more time. Give it. Was one it more 2015? Time. It was probably 2015. Um, uh, Teddy Ruxpin. I'm going okay, Teddy Ruxpin. That one's not even. You're way off. You're way wait, 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 wait. I know it. The Shake Weight. Okay. I don't. I don't understand how you can be this bad at this. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Okay. One of Oprah's favorite things from 2018 is Cozy Earth's bedding bamboo sheet set. The sheet set. That was literally my next no, guess. Now you're just cheap. right after the shake weight. There's so many things after the shake weight. Just in general, <laughs> Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature regulating and incredibly soft. So soft. Reinvent mm. your sanctuary with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding collection. From pillows to sheets and blankets, indulge in the ultimate luxury. Sleep with confidence thanks to Cozy Earth's generous warranty. Luxury bedding essentials that provide peace of mind and endless comfort. Make every night a five-star experience with Cozy Earth's responsibly sourced, temperature-regulating bamboo viscose bedding. Now listen, CozyEarth.com is where dreams come true, Dave. Your destination for the softest, most luxurious sheets from cashmere blends to timeless textures they've got it all cozy earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today because if you're asking guys how much does cozy earth love dadville <laughs> listen to what i'm about to say let us show you yep. visit cozyearth.com and get up to 35 percent off site wide mm-hmm. when you use the code dadville insane that's yep. cozyearth.com and get up to 35 percent off site wide when you use the code dadville
10 seconds on the clock, John. Okay. How many things can you name that are always growing? Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Uh, grass. Go. Uh, okay. From my yard. Uh, toenails. <laughs> uh, ears, apparently, which is, which John, is weird. John, John, focus, focus, focus. Okay. Uh, urban sprawl. Um, How about businesses on Shopify, uh, John? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the best answer, actually, mm-hmm. because Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. I remember that day. Yeah. When I hit a million orders. So long ago. Hey, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, you like that alliteration there? I do. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point of sale system. Wherever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. I can play that game too, John. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify, and you're going to ask, is that you can mm-hmm. grow your average order value with the Shopify Bundles app, where you can create and sell product bundles with these. Everybody loves bundles. I love that. Yeah. Shopify yeah. powers 10%. Listen to this, Dave. Okay. 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Bobby Brown told us every little step, and Shopify is leaning into that's, that. Okay? That's what he was talking because about the whole time. businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash dadville, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dadville now to grow your business. No matter what the stage you're in, mm-hmm. shopify.com slash dadville. There, there's a, a documentary about this called The Weight of Gold. I think it's Michael yeah. Phelps and there, Jeremy Bloom. <clears throat> Jeremy Bloom and several gold medal Olympians have committed suicide mm-hmm. because of this gap, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Um, but if you take the flip side of that and you're able to work through that, I feel so extremely spoiled to be Sean's husband in many different ways. But one of which is like, dude. She turned 12. She turned professional at 12. Mm. She had all these peak moments, quote unquote, of life, like the best things. And she has been able to use that and grow wisdom from it. And so like her whole perspective, I'm so thankful that she often Mm. keeps me in check of like, you know, where I'm tempted to make decisions on money or Mm. like, Hey, let's maybe this will get our name out. You know, whenever that mm-hmm. situation is, she's like, no, been there, done that. That is, you know, I've been on David. She's been on the, all the shows and yeah. she just has this wisdom that has really positively impacted our marriage and our family. And kudos to you, babe, for that. That's a great word. Great. I mean, that really is amazing to think about. Like the amount of, do you feel that? Like when, when you think about what you've learned in life, can you, can you feel the weight of like, I kind of know something. <laughs> I kind of know something. I, I feel that. I feel like the, I've seen some things. I was very fortunate, unfortunate, I don't know how you want to look at that, to be so young and be thrown into a world where people are tr- going through some of the heaviest things in life. And I, I love to observe. I'm usually shy by nature. So for 
10 years of being in the spotlight, I just got to sit back and watch people break or people succeed and people what they valued and make horrible mistakes like all of these things yeah and myself included yeah and got to learn a lot that i now get to share with my kids and Mm -hmm. that is i mean i feel like at 45 i'm in a season of this right now in my career where i'm like hearing you say that i need to hear that like that second place and you did your best, but like even now I can feel, I'm still not believing what the truth is. I'm like, if I can just get a couple things to click, yeah. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Even at 45. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. it is so hard to shake that, but I think it does take what you've seen mm-hmm. to really learn it. Like you have to have those moments where you get a little taste of the glory as Nacho Libre mm-hmm. would yeah. say, but you know, to, to really <laughs> then go, this really isn't giving me what, I want it to give me. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. what a, what value it is that you had that so young. Again, what an invaluable thing to have a spouse that can really look at you in the eyes and go like, hey, look at me. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me show you some scars and some things. It's like it doesn't do what you want to do. So, so you guys have two kids, mm-hmm. two and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how would you feel if <laughs> these two kids, all of a sudden, they just did like the perfect, Round off is that a thing? Is that what you That's call it? That's a thing. Yeah. Round off. There you go. Good job. Perfect long snap, and they're, you're like, <laughs> At four. oh, they're they're destined to go the exact same paths that we went. How would you feel knowing that? Um, this is gonna sound harsh. I don't really care. Mm. I am so excited to see what our kids choose, mm-hmm. and I could care less whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew and I share this thought of like, we just are excited and hopeful that they choose something mm, that we're, yeah. that we give them the opportunity to find something that they have passion for. I will be honest and say, I'm terrified if our daughter chooses gymnastics. Um, not because I dislike it. Mm-hmm. I would do it again in a heartbeat and mm. not because I think it's going to be too hard or sacrificial or whatever, but because I don't think anybody will give her the fair chance mm to be bad or to fail Mm -hmm. because they will always have this expectation of her to be a little bit better because of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair on a kid. And Andrew, I mean, his, we we know what he can do on on the long (laughs) side. On the the balance (laughs) beam, honestly. But it's the same with you. Like our people will say, Oh, your dad is in the NFL. Yeah. So totally. You should be just as good. So to John's question, I mean, it's one of our favorite questions to ask on Dadville when we have athletes on it. Um, it fascinates me as much as anything does. What would be y'all's hopes? Let's say that either one of them, new and included, soon to be included, show any kind of promise in a sport. Like you, And, you know, let's say at 7, 8, 9, you can see like, oh, you know, obviously this one's got the juju. You know, it's <laughs> like, what would be, seeing what y'all have seen, especially, like y'all have done it, right, at the highest levels. What would be your hope for them? You know, like, how do you think about that? I. Uh, it's me, funny, too, uh, with your dad, too, because that's mm-hmm. such a diff. That's a, that's another interesting thing is because you had a dad that was so athletic and pushed y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've I've been working on this project. I call it the family playbook where mm. I, I, my, I just lost my dad. What was it? Nine months ago. Oh, and wow. so it's like, you know, you just have a different perspective and then you start mm-hmm. thinking about things. I've gotten into family trees recently, mm. but this family playbook is like, I just want to have an archive or a history of what does it mean to be an East? And that includes mm. family recipes, health conditions. Wow. 
And I've had this thought of my family, our family didn't start the day we stood at the altar and got married. It didn't start the day we had our first kid. Mm. It's been going on for generations, Mm. our family. And there are patterns. One of the things in this is previous occupations that uh, have been held in, in our family. And it's like, there's patterns that develop, right? Like we, I think like to think that we're individuals and like we're brand new variations, but as Solomon said to shout out, you know, him another time, there's nothing new under the sun. And I think that kind of applies to the family realm too. In relation to them, to our kids potentially being good at sports, um, I would be elated if they found something they loved. I think it's more of a responsibility on the parents standpoint. I think youth sports nowadays get skewed and there's like a lot of, especially in gymnastics, I've never seen anything like this. Families will uproot, you know, there are four kids and moving across the country so that this right. one child can get coached by this Olympic quality coach and hopefully get a college scholarship. And then it like, mm-hmm. that ruins the other kids. It ruins the parent. All the priorities are wrong. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm really grateful for my dad. Um, I hope our kids find a thing that they're able to, when they do it, feel the presence of God, you know, that chariots of fire quote. God, that's great. Yeah. And my that's dad, so my dad, when I was doing sports, I felt, I felt like God's presence was there. I felt my dad's presence was, it was there. And it was our conversations in the car after were not about strategy or tactical things or what I could have done better. It was like this joy, you know, and whether it is sports, um, or not, it's, our responsibility to preserve that feeling of mm. gratitude. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's beautiful, yeah. man. What a great way to put I that. I feel I feel the same way with um music and piano specifically. Like our we've got a piano in the house. My girls are eight and ten. And we got a piano in the house just to have a piano around so that they could kind of hear me playing it. They could walk up and mess around on it. But we haven't signed them up for lessons yet. Can you imagine just Waking up and no, you don't understand. Listen, I talk about this all the time. It is one of the joys of my life when John will sit in our front room and play piano. I'm like, oh my god, God, he's doing shit. Oh my god. Okay, guys, back to my. (laughs) I've got a really good point here. (laughs) But by the time I was my Luca's age, our oldest, I had been uh, in lessons for six years. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a part of me that's like, am I dropping the ball on this? Am I not? But it's all to the to the end of what you just described. Like, I just want them, like, if I didn't have piano and music, I don't, I, that was like this, like, magic thing that I had where I could sit and feel the presence of God. I just felt connected to it. I remember one time Amy and I, this years ago, back in Broad Ripple, Indianapolis, we came home from church and we were talking about the sermon was really good. It was really heavy. And Amy was like, I, this just makes me want to, I forget what she said. Maybe she wants to like put some worship music on or something. She was like, what do you feel right now? And I was like, I feel like I want to go like work, like sit at the piano. And she, and she got a little mad at that. She's like, <laughs> are you missing? Every, you want to go work? And I was like, no, that's, that's like where I mm. feel mm-hmm. most connected, you know? Mm. Um, anyway, so all that to say, that's that's like my hope for my girls and my reason for not having them get formal with it and have a teacher because I just don't want them to hate it. I want them to just mm-hmm. love it. I want them to hold on to the joy of it, you know. Mm. That's good. I think similar to what you're saying, 
it's like I could I could care less what it is, mm-hmm. but I want them to have that outlet. Yeah, that they're so excited about that they're on their own, motivated to go to, mm-hmm. and they want to learn more and get a little bit better. Mm. I just want them to find that. That to yeah. me, it's it's why. I mean, but that's not why. <laughs> you came so strong. Not, that. You, did, you know what I was about to say too. <laughs> I was like, that's why I wasn't an athlete. I mean, I played growing up, but nothing <laughs> in that world. But I just don't. That that space is so terrifying to me. There's nothing like with my kids when it comes to that space. It scares me more than like how to achieve and do well at something without it turning mm-hmm. into how I view them or the world views them or. Un, undue expectation that that little line to me it's like it's all holy spirit dust i'm like i don't know how to mm-hmm. and, and i don't know that any of ours will have that kind of gifting but you know it's just it's oh, you know you you get right up to it and you're like oh am i pushing too much am i too, you know uh-huh. but they're really good or i want to you know it's like it's just a really you know it is a fine line because i don't view our parenting style as like really soft and like and oh just follow your heart yeah, yeah. it because i it is important yeah. to um we were actually talking to i think aloe black was the one mm-hmm. who oh, verbalized yeah. this really well he was like look when you teach your kids one thing uh in in the depth of one thing you teach them so many different things so wow. like whether it's farming or music like there's responsibility to have your kid learn something and, yeah. and have the discipline applied to mm-hmm. it because whether they end up doing music or sports or whatever, yeah. it can apply to so many different things. Um, yeah. but knowing, knowing when discipline turns into like obligation or like, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a really fine line. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to have a community around you yeah. to like have a strong marriage that you can yeah. have a little push and like give and take of, are we overdoing it? it just got to be thoughtful. Well, it's just I, I, what I'm, I mean, I think that's what's tricky about American Christianity. Here we go. And I'm not going to, this is not like a launching point. Let me tell you, one of the, one of the tricky <laughs> things I just think is we really, as the church, we don't do a good job of understanding what talent is mm-hmm. or like we misuse that mm-hmm. illustration. Like God, you're misusing God, talents God's given you. And, and I'm like, I just, man, I feel so strong, but I just don't think Jesus would ever sit down with us and be like, Andrew, do you know the talent I gave you to be a football player? Mm-hmm. And you could have played 50 years if you mm-hmm. like, or he looks at me and goes like, Dave, the music, if you really wanted to, and you double down, I, I'm just like, that's just not at all biblical. Mm-hmm. It's, but we in America, because we're so driven and we're so like accomplishment oriented, we tend to lump Christianity in with a, like, it's, it's just kind of prosperity gospel flipped it's mm-hmm. like if you're good at something that's because god gave you that and then you owe him mm-hmm. because he he needs you somehow to be good at that for him to be validated or something mm-hmm. yeah. and so i think that's where that gets tricky to me is that space of like how can we as believers especially be really good at something like really do use the gifts gods have given god has given us <laughs> god's given us. all of a sudden it's greek <laughs> i'm like i'm like um but you know it's like how can we do that the best we can? Like really, really do it well. Like spend energy on it and have discipline. At the same time, realizing we're not doing it. You said that so be it's a tear, it's a fire. We're not doing it because God is going to be disappointed if we fail at it or we don't use it. But because this is how God this is how we commune with God. Like we feel the presence, you know, the joy of God. It's a worship. It. It's, a it's worship. worship. Yeah. And so I think yeah. but God, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's like so hard to navigate it. And I think about kids especially, like how do you teach them to work hard at something and like be diligent, like really lean into it, slash it 
if it doesn't work, it's okay. Like it's not the end of you because you didn't, it, you failed or, you know, like that mm-hmm. is, a, and I think especially in this country, in church Christianity, that just gets really weird because, you know, it's like, it's, it, to me, it's back to the very first thing, you know, we talked a little while ago, but it's that idea that like you have a gift and that makes you this higher thing. And really what I'm asking for is not for you to be a good Christian. It's for me to make you, for you to make me feel this way again. Mm-hmm. And that's just a tricky space. So, you know, we, we talked to, especially athletes by kids. I'm always just curious, like, how do you, especially seeing what y'all have seen, how do you not, you know, <laughs> over push or sort of like, I know the potential because I've seen it, you know? We were talking about this the other day. One of the greatest gifts my coach ever gave me, and he is amazing. He's still like a second dad to me, is every single day, whether it was in the gym or on the Olympic stage. Wow. He could have cared less if I fell or made mistakes. Hmm. The only thing, and he could have cared less if I won a gold medal. The only thing he ever celebrated was effort. Wow. Mm. And he could tell, like he, he knew me so well. He, he would always ask the question, like, how do you feel you did today? And wow. It, and it was always this, this answer, honest answer of like, it wasn't my best. I could have mm. given a little more. I could have tried a little harder. But if I answered, I gave my all today and I fell a hundred times. He would be prouder than anybody Isn't in the stadium. Amazing? And that unlocked in me, in gymnastics, this undying passion to just want to keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't afraid to fall. Wow. But the fears of falling and making mistakes and failure came from outside voices, never yeah. from yeah. him. Isn't that amazing? It was the greatest gift he ever And this gave. was your coach from like day one, mm-hmm. right? From Back in Iowa? Yeah. From the time I was five. Yeah. I, I had a coach from three to five. We moved gyms because my coach opened I'm sorry, it. Sorry, those one ages that, are so crazy. I know. I li- like it literally was white noise. It was like, well, <laughs> yeah. Right, sorry, I'm just imagining I, five-year-old Sean <laughs> talking to her new coach and being like, look, I've been, I've been doing this for two years. Well, <laughs> let's, let's be real. My, my parents moved me to a different gym because it saved gas money. It was oh, like I the newest gym so in the school. I love like, that so much. Yeah. But it just happened to be the guy who I went to the Olympics with. That's so. amazing. That is remarkable. I mean, I, I, I can't, I, as a dad, I can't hear anything more than maybe that idea that like failure is just about the effort. Like yeah. it's so hard as a parent to not sort of look at the end product and go and judge it by that. You yeah. know, it's so yeah. hard because it's like, and it's it. I love that. I do feel like that is a great thing that I hear so much in the parenting space is that, which mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for. Like you can feel that all the therapists and psychologists and coaches are realizing like, oh yeah, we need. I mean, that's covenant school. Where my kids are. They that is one of the bedrocks. Is like we failure is not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. about you know. And I, and I we want them. We want to give them a space to fail. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Would you please tell me every time I come here because I can get mm-hmm. like squanky on like mm-hmm. you but know the, it's not it's not the particip- participation trophy mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's like it's more saying, Hey, feedback is good and honest feedback is good and if you finish third and you gave your best, then great. Yeah. Um, but maybe you finish first in something else, like yeah. a whole different sport and mm-hmm. look into that more. You know, it's yeah. like if that honest feedback is important because it can help steer right. and direct. Right. Um but it, like 
it, you, I feel like you should always be on the verge of your talents, like on the, mm. on the boundary line of what you're capable of. Wow. Yeah. Uh, be, and that's where failure comes in of like, Oh, I can't do a double twisting, double backflip or whatever it is. Um, and I failed and I failed. I'm really <laughs> impressed you just pulled that, that out. Is that amazing. right? Is that right? <laughs> that is right. That's probably as hard like, to do as say. Yeah. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have to fail in order to get that. It's like mm-hmm. the Roger Bannister. You, you have to be on the on the cusp of yeah. what you're capable yeah. of. And that's where failure is appropriate because you're pushing. Yeah. You're yeah. pushing past yeah. like what. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think I think that's good. One of my favorite moments with my son speaking of honesty like i you know my, my wife has kind of got she's not anywhere as accomplished as y'all are but she's much more the killer gene like she was an athlete growing up like played every sport did the whole thing so with our kids it's hysterical because it's very flip like i'm usually the more comforting like how do you feel like it went today but and you know i want them to do well and i'm competitive mm-hmm. but she she's like she'll make them do drills in the front yard like that's her vibe you know what i mean she's like if you're gonna do the sport we're gonna do the sport and i'm like hey you're fangs <laughs> but it's great and it's a great yin yang in our marriage but <laughs> so our son our son is like basketball <laughs> in their team it was like the cutest thing because it's all these boys who are really good at soccer this is like two or three years ago <laughs> they were terrible at basketball <laughs> so they went out and it's all in he and his buds and so they just got absolutely i mean it was shellacked it was i mean like the parent you know we're all kind of like i mean it was bad he gets in the car and i'm doing that i'm thinking about dadville episodes i'm like okay like we've got good counsel here and so i'm like i kind of adjust the mirror and i'm like looking back there and he is just like I mean, seething. I'm like, okay, don't, you know, just ask how it went. That's what they did. So how do you feel like you did? And he was like, awful. And I was like, (laughs) and I literally feel like everything that we have learned has come to this moment. It is all here. And I was like, okay, I'm going to drive. And I was like, well, but, you know, I mean, it wasn't that bad. He leaned up and he goes, (laughs) it's like eight-year-old Why would you say that? He said, he goes, dad, you saw that. He goes, that's the worst I've ever played. Our team is terrible. I never want to play this sport again. He's like, he goes, don't lie to me. (laughs) And I literally was like, okay, that was really bad. That's like maybe the worst basketball game I've ever seen. And he was like, thank you. And it was like, isn't it funny that he needed to just be validated and like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. That's so good that that he's able to say that though. (laughs) Yeah. He was miserable. But of course me, I'm like, well, no, I mean, you got some running in and a little nice sweat worked up. (laughs) You were Uh, running with the team the whole time, buddy. You kept your jersey on. (laughs) They were dunking on you. You did a great job. You probably paid better for the other team and how bad you were to help them win. What's so cool though is even at eight though he was able to sit there and be like that was horrible i was horrible and that's where my coach would always come in and if i ever took it a little further and i'd be like i would never want to do this sport again Mm -hmm. he'd be like but why is it because you did bad and you like don't want to feel that again or is it because you don't love it wow and so he would always do That's this check with me. Question. And if I still loved it, he'd be like, great, we can work on it. Yeah. To where you don't have to feel that again. Yeah. yeah. But it was always like, are you just wanting to quit? Because you yeah. were horrible today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should we move on to the second question, John? <laughs> yeah. So question number two. This is actually one A. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it actually reminded me of this when you were talking about that, that car ride with Ben. 
in that moment and you were like, okay, it all leads to this moment. Do you guys have those kinds of moments with your kids where you're like, I personally, I have them less now. I'm 10 years into being a dad and I feel like I used to worry so much about like, okay, this is the moment and like whatever I say to them in this moment, because you never know what you're going to, what your kids are going to remember. Like I have some random memories of things my dad said to me when I was like seven and I'm like, why do I remember that one? Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking, is this the thing they're going to remember? Is this going to shape their whole trajectory? I actually feel that less now, but it used to be something that I really worried about a lot. Mm. What it, what it, what is that for you guys? What would you say that you worry about as a parent the most? Oh my gosh! I mean, it's kind of it's kind of uh, relieving to think that therapy seems to be prescribed to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you should definitely be thoughtful, and uh, but everyone's gonna have issues, yeah, yeah. and yeah. we're not gonna do it great in uh, certain areas, I'm sure. What do I worry about most? Um, interesting. Oh, Sean has some. I feel like it's different because we have a four-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy. So yeah. we're still early, but I already feel like, like you said earlier, that I'm somehow missing out and mm. I'm behind on getting right. them, whatever. I don't really worry, have many worries yet with our two-year-old because we're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. And he is wide open, lives life on the edge. Yeah. Um I think being a mom to a little girl, my w- biggest fear, worst worry that I keeps me up at night mm. is that I won't instill a confidence in her mm. to like go after things. Yeah. yeah. She's such an emotional little thing mm. and she gets dejected very easily. And that to me, I'm like, I don't know how to, f- I, I don't know how yeah, to steer yeah, this. Yeah. 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 Cause I want her to be like, I just want to be like, fight back. Yeah. <laughs> you're four. Right. Is it because you right. you don't feel like, you're like, that's not how my brain works. No, that is how my it brain is? works. It is? Okay. Okay. That's, that's what I was wondering. So we're like opposite mm-hmm. a little bit. And I want, I want to see a fire in her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I want to be able to foster that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't know how. Because that's more yeah. your native programming. <laughs> I think it also is just, you just want to see. sets her up for success yeah, yeah. as a woman yeah. in our world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's my only worry. It's just a small one. Yeah, just a little one. <laughs> a little one. My current biggest worry, we have our boys too, and uh, I'm like, we got to, we got to just keep this guy alive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. He's jumping off cliffs. He's trying to take his bike down the stairs. And my, uh, my tendency naturally is probably to over, overreact or like get there, like try to prevent him, which is what? So I try to. Wow. My, I, 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 I <laughs> Your response that. to him saying that was amazing. I do want to but, say, like, throughout our conversation so far, one of my favorite things has been the looks <laughs> that you guys are giving each other. I wish people could see that. Uh, Coming man. from the man who's like, I've just already accepted we're going to the ER no, with broken bones. I think it's important to. So my kind of MO as a, as a dad then is do a little bit less. Yeah. Mm. Try to do a little, like. Yeah, it's the let him take I the bike know. down the stairs. Dangerous things carefully, but knowing what that line is is hard. Yeah. So that's my biggest worry. Andrew introduced our son, so like they've been watching sports together, football, baseball, basketball, all these things. Going down like Red Bull YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And our Sweet. son gravitates towards bikes. That's all he wants. <laughs> and like BMX videos. Oh wow! Oh, even now, 
Oh my gosh, he wants nothing to do with football, baseball, but nothing. Bicycle. He wants <laughs> off-roading, terrifying, death-defying BMX videos. And now he has his little like Strider bike. Oh gosh! And you'll see him trying to like jump it from different yeah. rocks. The, the thing without pedals. Yeah. He's just yeah. Pushing yeah. It? yeah. 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 We pretty much have a BMX course set up in our backyard that he'll rip down. It's <laughs> yeah. like a little bit of a hill, and he oh can just my like gosh. it's freaking. But he so lo- awesome. that's like that's what he gravitates towards right now. So he's. I caught, I didn't even tell you, I caught him, we have like this four foot wall, like retaining wall in the back. He was riding his bike on it and I had an absolute heart attack. You know that feeling when your hands start sweating and your chest tightens and you're like, something bad is going to happen. That happens like 10 times a day with this kid. You don't want to like yell at them yet because you're like, just get to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what's tricky though. Here's what's tricky. I heard on some interview months ago about somebody some child professional or whatever let's just go with that term <laughs> was saying like how important it is for your kids to feel like they're doing something kind of dangerous yeah mm. um but then it's like like as like let's stick with the bikes down the, the stairs thing yeah it's like there's two roads two paths that you can see happening you could see your son when he is accepting his olympic gold medal yeah. for riding <laughs> bikes or whatever yeah. Saying like, you know what? My parents, they always fostered a great environment for me. They let me, they could have stopped me, but they didn't. And that, that gave me the confidence to be like, you know, to really go for it. Or he could fall and break yeah. both his legs and both his arms. Uh-huh. And then other parents would be talking about you guys. Being like, Absolutely. And he's they were like, just you know why I could ride down? bikes later is my parents let me in. Exactly. Never yeah. Yeah. And so now my like, left leg is two inches shorter oh, than my right. Man. And so I can't do And much. that's why I never had the confidence to pray. <laughs> John and I like we always reference to, to his point about that earlier question we're always like what's the therapy moment like what's the thing that our kids are gonna sit you know with a therapist and be like you know it was a car ride back and my dad said that I played a good game of basketball when I knew I hadn't and then I couldn't trust him anymore you know it's yeah. like what is yeah. the moment that they're gonna sit exactly. with a therapist it's terrifying yeah it's terrifying okay it's time for speed round you guys have been so sweet to yes. hang with us thank um, you guys we're gonna alternate these this is speed round okay Okay, it's speed round. Andrew. I'm ready. Okay. Both. And you have to go faster than we go. Yeah, okay. We obviously don't do anything quickly Any, anything. on this podcast. Uh, okay. Both uh, both are answering, right? And we'll alternate um, questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First question I'm asking. Who's changed more diapers? Sean. Me. Oh, geez. That was fast. Oh, there we go. That's too fast. Where are you calling us off guard? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say... Um, we're at Dave's palatial estate right now. And let's say mm-hmm. right outside, yep. there's a uh, ping pong table. Mm-hmm. And you guys go out there and you play some ping pong. Andrew. Who wins? Andrew. Andrew. Wow. You answered before the question. Yeah. Relaxed, they, they play dude. ping pong in the NFL locker rooms. That's like uh, what they do. It's one of my main hobbies. I'm not He's kidding. Really good. I really? love ping pong. You're really good? Yeah. Have you played like with a legit ping pong player before? He yes. plays with a professional guys, tennis player who like, taught him. Those guys. Like, I, Wait, who is this? Uh, would I know who the tennis player is? Mm, it was Roger Federer, wasn't it? And it was. I did play ping pong with Roger Federer. Don't no, no, did you get it off? I was about to come shake your hand to get uh, something yeah. out of my hand. Yeah. Uh, Ryan okay. Lippman was his name. Yeah, I actually. Well, I don't want to brag. Not that it matters. We did win. Um, uh, you know what's his name? Joseph Newgarten, the the IndyCar driver who lives here. He has a ping pong tournament. No, he was trained by like the guys from China. He's ping pong. A, he's oh yeah, one of the this best IndyCar car drivers. Legit. Ping pong. And uh, 
we won the tournament. So you're like, whatever. Nice. That's just the life that but, I live. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, it's just another day. Okay, in my life. funniest sports moment for me to be personal or yeah. Wow. Or it could be like this is sort of the when we have musicians on one of our favorite questions yeah, is like what's the worst it could be funniest it could be worse like what's the biggest like train wreck moment on stage oh when you took the that medicine before the, oh, yeah. oh my gosh oh my mom's gonna be so sad i'm sorry yeah Oh, but that's pretty great. Okay, oh, so all moms, stop oh, listening right now. This is so bad. We love you. No, no, love it's you. she's gonna be sad because it it was her, it was her fault, oh, and she oh, knows okay. it. She gave you like okay, sad. then she needs to so, hear this. Go ahead. I was. <laughs> she knows. She's traumatized. I was trying to make my comeback to for the 2012 Olympic Games. It was my first time on, on like the national stage, so it's my first time back to U.S. national championships. Um. And I had horrible shin splints, so uh-huh. I always took Motrin, uh-huh. which was, like, prescribed and everything. And my mom, before, like, the most wonderful mom in the world, she went and stocked up on all of, like, my travel stuff. She got me, like, the travel size shampoos, everything. She restocked my Motrin, all these things. And I had been taking large doses of this daily, and I would take it before competition, and it had been happening for a couple of weeks. I just was not feeling myself. I was just like super tired and exhausted. Oh my gosh. Speed round. I went through the competition <laughs> and it wasn't until after the competition, which I did not do well at. Um, I was looking at my Motrin and it was PM version. Oh um, my gosh. Oh, no. yeah. tough. You hate to see it. She was. So how'd you feel like you had room? I heard. The muscle relaxer commercial. Have you seen that? Oh, that's one of my all time favorites. Oh, oh my gosh. Poor mom. Oh, um, that's tragic. This isn't, this isn't that comedic, but my first NFL game, it was uh, Washington versus Jacksonville. And speed round. My first play, <laughs> I. I caused the fumble and I almost got the fumble and then I was trying to still fight for the ball and then I was on the Jacksonville sideline and I, there's a picture. Do you have it? Uh, no, but it looks like I'm about to fight the whole Jacksonville team. It's pretty dope, but it's an amazing I almost picture. got in a fight or I did get in a fight in my first NFL play. So. Oh my God. The gosh. very first NFL the play, first play. play. First, first play. First, first play. First game, like first play of the first game. First game, first play of my first game. Oh my gosh. It was pretty wow. intense. Yeah. Is like your nice. puppy okay? Um, she probably tried to no she's throwing up she's having a great time <laughs> um, she probably ate that beer. Oh, there she goes there she goes there she goes there she goes we're good she's good okay. this is what you see at the Barnes Palatial Estate oh baby uh, she just threw up right over by the east wing she, <laughs> she looks fine now yeah y'all are ridiculous oh baby nope, well, nope she's she's this is round two <laughs> I'm so glad we're oh, funny <laughs> all right uh funniest parenting moment oh gosh don't video no, her it's this will be helpful with the veterinarian we can show this to the vet <laughs> this we is the live say, podcast yeah this is what you get when you come here that's not even our dog <laughs> so that's vet. what you said oh baby veterinarian. i think you got it out uh, <laughs> i think round two came uh funniest parenting moment uh, it would either be it it was tr- the playground with you or, oh jeez, yeah, yeah. Just say that one. All right, this is this is a highlight. So I'm at the park. It's like me with my kid, daughter, 
and usually it's a bunch of moms. There's one other dad there. We start cutting it uh, up. We know that. Life. I'm like, hey, yeah. fo- yeah. you like football, right? <laughs> you know, just d- dude stuff. We start talking about it, and she was like two at the time. Uh, our kids were playing together. He had an adopted son, um, and he he had an amputated arm. This little boy did. And Drew was in this stage where she was putting everything in her mouth. And um, the little boy going? was from India. <laughs> and, and so she had a bunch of rocks and sticks in her mouth. And we look over uh, between conversations and I, I see Drew with this amputated little arm in her mouth. And, <laughs> and I didn't know how to react. I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then, but you don't want to make the little boy. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. I it's thought. How funny would it have been if you didn't know that it was amputated and you're like, her, his yeah. hand is in her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last question. Um, if each of you wrote a book on being a mom slash dad, what would the title be? Do less. <laughs> yeah. Do less. Bro, you were Ooh. so ready for that. That yeah. was great. I've been, I've been thinking about this. Do less. Uh, Yours is do more. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Do just a little more than that. <laughs> just a little more than that. <laughs> That's great. Guys, uh, thank y'all. I, I just want to say again, thank y'all for what you do. We we so appreciate everything y'all put into the world and how thoughtful yes. it is and you know, just how vulnerable and, and everything. It's it's really, really great. Thanks for the really giggles. Great. That yeah. was good giggles. Yeah. And congrats on baby uh three. Oh yeah. I was kinda hoping that that baby would come like you, right now. Right now. <laughs> well, we could have a first. Things are coming out. I was like, are, is your dog okay? <laughs> you didn't baby give man. us coffee, though. Look, John. Touche. Well, hey. Wait, he did. It's right across the street. We can go yeah. He doesn't know. No, no, no. Oh, wait. Oh, you did I give us coffee. Oh, no, that's okay. Dad, please.